everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson, your gracious host. Um, coming at you for the first time ever from uh, SAE Institute, the School of Audio Engineering. Uh, how many campuses do you guys have around the world? What's, what's the number? 50 plus. 50 plus. Uh, it's not 450 plus, right? It's not like 50 plus as in age. Okay, 50-plus campuses. Um, and we're just happy to be here. We've moved our production here for, for forever. For, we're going to be here forever. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike. Uh, nice beard, by the way. I'm really appreciating the facial hair. Kind of jealous of it. Um, in case you guys are tuning in for the first time ever, this show covers all things innovation, creativity, ideas, smart people doing smart things. And today we have Linwood. <laughs> Linwood's <laughs> finest. <laughs> Patty Rodriguez. Say hello, Patty. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me here. I am honored and I am humbled. And yeah, Linwood in the house. Whoop, whoop. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, how many people live in Linwood? Six? Uh, no. Uh, 12? You know, I don't know. Okay. So right. I don't want to give you a number. All I right. really don't know. But I do Smart know that I, I, I do live there. And I'm very proud of my little city. It's a great little city to, to be part of. Yeah, I, I, it, it sounds like it. And most things that I've read about you or seen you talk, like it's like it's Lin, you, Linwood comes up. Uh, it does. I'm very proud of it. I'm I'm proud to be a, a daughter of Linwood. I'm proud to uh, be um, that little area. You know, we were neighbors with Compton and uh, Southgate and um, Watts, and on the other side we have Paramount and Downey. So it's a, it's a it's a great place to be. Um, you grow a thick skin, but you also grow a huge heart. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things go together. Yes. Um, what what stuck with you from Linwood in your in your journeys? Like, what's what's one thing that you like? Yep. That's, that's There's the one thing. restaurant that I love. If so, you guys are ever down there. Um, it's called La Hacienda. It's a seafood restaurant, Mexican seafood, and they have the hottest shrimp. So if you like hot food. Like spicy hot or yeah, like, spicy or like hot. it's like 300 degrees? No, spicy okay, hot right. where you literally are sweating all your calories. You want to lose weight, you go have that shrimp. You don't, have, you don't need a gym. No, you don't, need, you, you don't need a gym. You sweat it off. You sweat the pain away. Um, and that's one of the, you know, one of the best places to eat. I think it's one. I, I'm going to say that it's probably the best Mexican seafood restaurant in the country. That, oh, that's love. Have you been to every? No. Okay, all right. No, all right. Just double checking. Just you know, doing fact check. Um, all right. So, because I just jumped right in, mm-hmm. Patty Rodriguez, why don't you give us the ninety second version of who you are, what you've been up to, what you love? Uh, well, I'm this girl that believes in magic. Um, I've been working uh, in this uh, creative media space since I was 16 years old, still a senior in high school, when I drove to um, my local radio station, KISS FM, to ask for an internship. Um, I was too young then to uh, get the internship, but by by the powers that may be or just the universe, um, I got a call back. Um, and I started interning there with Rick D's. You guys remember Rick D's? Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was such a dream come true for uh, this little Mexican-American girl to be part of that, you know, the, that environment, that environment right. that I would only dream about literally in my dreams, in my, you know, in our one-room apartment of like eight people. That's where I grew up, in an apartment with eight people. Um, and from there, I just became so involved with this, uh, with the idea of just, Creating beautiful things, giving back beautiful things, and um, putting our community in a place where they can see uh, that 
we are contributors to this country and we are creators in this space. Um, and uh, that's been that, you know, that part of my life. Um, I started as an intern and then I went and got um, hired or got or became part of the On Air with Ryan Seacrest radio show, which is a national syndicated radio show. It's a very small radio show. Yeah, I, I think I may have heard of this. <laughs> it's very guy. small. <laughs> um, you you could only Brian. What's his last name? Ryan Seacrest. Brian, right? Got Brian. It. Brian. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I've yeah. been part of his show as a producer uh, since 2005. What was it that made you drive at 16? You're like, it just like. First of all, that's a lot of gravitas. That's just like, you know, that's what everybody hopes their kid does, right? Take some initiative, get in the car, go ask the man or the woman for the job, right? Right. What was it that either attracted to you or what was it in you that just made you like get in the car, press the gas, and go do it? Um, you know, since I was a, ch- uh, a five-year-old little girl playing make-believe, it was the idea of being part of that entertainment space I, I was just so um in love with it with anything that had to do with um entertainment with uh you know writing theater music television uh movies uh just uh art you know a uh, painting all those things just were very fascinating to me and driving home i mean driving to school every morning and listening to the radio and uh, seeing this um you know people and you know talking to each other and you kind of feel like they're family to you every morning um and hearing them talking to these celebrities to these like movers and shakers and entrepreneurs and people that are changing the world and I just wanted so bad to be part of it and I didn't see another alternative than to figure out there was was, nothing else there was nothing else so to figure out what was behind those doors and the only way to do that was to drive there. Um, so what I did, I I remember, and it makes me really sad now looking back. Um, my mom was a single mother, and we only had one car. And she would drop me off to, uh, at school, drop us off at school, and then she would go to, to work. But that morning, I told her that we had uh, I, that I had a serial period class. So she took the bus to work, <laughs> and I what? took the car. What an awful child. I no, that's a, that's I, actually amazing, but I'm sure it's come back tenfold, right? Like to I, your I mom, hope so. you know. So I hope so. So I took I took it, and and the rest is history. Your mom got duped, and now, but now, but now look, <laughs> now look at where you are. Um, so you know, kind of that that's been a big part of your career, and I think you, you talk about this attraction to the arts and film and celebrities. And you've kind of created that in your own world, right? Like, you know, as as Patty Rodriguez, an entrepreneur, right, with jewelry, books, yeah. makeup. Like, kind of walk us through a little bit of, you know, the things you've been adding your magic to. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, adding, adding your magic to in, in yeah. the world. And it, it all goes back to giving back to my community and always goes back to how can I represent who we are and, and, and how can I – and I – you know, put us in a space where others can see what we're doing here and be inspired and encouraged to do the same. Um, so aside from working in radio, uh, back in uh, a few years ago, I uh, thought of doing a, a, some jewelry pieces, some necklaces that represented my community, 
you know, our women in our community, you know, this, you know, these layers of, you know, the, you know, we're feminine, but we're also tough. You know, we come from tough neighborhoods. You know, it's not, it's not easy where I we come from. I can tell by your nails, by the way. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say the wrong thing during but, this conversation. But you can see a little bit of, you know, a little bit of who I am by, you know, right. by, you know, what I'm wearing the hat and, you know, the, the you know, the semi-long nails. And um, so, you know, we're, like I said, we're feminine, but we also have this, you know, this edge and this, you know, this don't, don't mess with us attitude. Um, and all of that, I wanted to represent it in a, in a, in a dainty necklace that you can wear every day, you mm. can wear to work and also to like party. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it had like a little bit of both worlds, just like how we are, you know, in, yeah. in, in our community. It's duality so, to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't expect much of it. I just thought it was something that, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed presenting out there and it just took off, you know, immediately Miley Cyrus was wearing it. Then, um, Rihanna's people called and they're like, you know, can you send her some? And next is thing that, I know, so, so I, was, I was just about to see, look, it's funny. Cause I was just about to say, is that a next thing, you know, kind of story or did you make concerted efforts to, get I made things? no effort. You wow. know, it's one of those things where you just do something with so much love and so much passion and you just believe in it so much that I really feel that just, you know, the universe just comes, it just starts helping you. Right. It takes you by the hand and starts pushing you toward these directions where, you know, you're meant to go. Right. And, and, and grow more. Uh, so Brianna, Miley Cyrus, and then, you know, obviously um, uh, Latino celebrities like, uh, you know, Chiquis Rivera, who's um, daughter of Jenny Rivera. Mm. Um, so it just kind of, it went from there. And I think that helped me understand the entrepreneur world. Right. Because I didn't do it thinking much of it. It was more of like, I'm going to just do this, share it with, you know, my community. Um, but that taught me how to create a business, you know, in, in this space, in this world that we are in, you know, you buy a website, uh, you create a shopping cart, you know, all those little yeah. things that you don't, you don't, don't think about. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's the minutia. Yeah. You know, you start, you have to market and you have to, you know, just start, you start thinking about a brand and how to get the brown, the brand and, and, and spread the word. And um, what, what was the thing that surprised you most? Like your first entrepreneurial step and you're like, okay, I got some jewelry and I have a, you know, a vision, like a cultural vision and I have, you know, the amazing product and I've done this, you know, the website. Like what was the thing that surprised you most about the journey? Whether it was like a, a hurdle that was in your way and you're like, oh, I did not foresee that coming or just like obviously the, the taking off of the brand in that instance. I think how easy it can be for anyone to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that's what surprised me the most. Right. I think, you know, where, you know, where I come from, and, and I think many of, many of uh, my community can agree to this, when um, we're t- taught in, from our parents to work hard to get to where you want to be. But the definition of working hard is different than, uh, than I think where they're teaching us we see our parents working hard but we see labor as working hard right. hard work like physical labor right like getting like up at blood, five sweat tears yeah, yeah waking up at five in the morning being on your feet all day or being on your knees picking up fruit from you know the fields till you know the sun sets and then coming home and you're tired and you're in your you know you're just you just you come home as a mother and you're cooking and you don't stop and you know you're doing everything so we see that as hard work but so for for to then transfer that into some to you know this 
I, I mean, this like new way of thinking of, well, not thinking, but the way you actually do things where, you know, the, the most of us, these first generation Latinos, we're not doing the labor work. We're doing the mental work, but we expect the mental work to be as hard as the, the labor, the, the physical work. So right. when something like, oh, all I had to do was put up a website and now I have a business, it's very different yeah. than seeing the blood, sweat and tears. So you're very surprised at the outcome because you're supposed to work just as hard. Do you think that's why some people like is one of my favorite lines that kind of translates to business is from Jay-Z. And he said, I didn't think what I had was a gift because it came so easy to me. Right. He was like, I can remember this. I'm just saying stuff. It was like, this isn't hard. So it's not work. Exactly. Um, that's exactly how it is. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it, how do you it sounds like you've been encouraging others to think and do like you do. You know, what, how do you teach people that skill to recognize the opportunity, you know, of something that may appear easy or not, like, generationally match up with what our parents right. have done? I, how, well, that's a good question. Wow. Um, I think, you know, I encourage my community, I encourage, not, I mean, it's just not community, but anyone in general to, to value themselves i think it starts with ourselves if we don't value ourselves and and we don't see that we're worthy enough we're not going to create anything we're our worst enemy um it's not it's not the uh the volatile relationship you have at home with your husband or your boyfriend it's not the uh social relationship you have with your boss at work you know it's not your children it's not your best friends it's it's not that outside stuff it's you and if you don't uh if you don't work on believing or on trusting who you are as a person everything will be hard yeah yeah no it's true and i I think funny enough i think that's a good segue to you know your books Mm -hmm. um because i think it's there's self-interpretation there's outside interpretation and then there's something in the middle a lot of layers (laughs) right and and i think as any sort of underserved community minority however you want to phrase it you know, there's a there's an identity crisis of mm-hmm. sorts. It's like I don't see enough people like me. Or I don't hear, but like there's a there's a differentiator. But you started to bridge that gap at a, you know with young younger ages, and I would love for you to talk about that a little bit. Well, uh, say that again. Your what books, books. Okay, okay, so yeah, the yeah, books, yeah, yeah. So the books came uh, little libros. Came to me as I see. I wanted to say little bros, and I was like, <laughs> no, that's not that's, that's wrong, Chris. I was talking to myself in my head too. <laughs> And I didn't value myself in the moment to say little libros. So little libros, uh, <laughs> which translate to little books. Um, and I, did, I did know that part. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Your Spanish is, is pretty good. Two words so far. Yeah, so far. Uh, the, the, it was an idea. So again, it goes back to uh, this whole feeling of there's no way ideas can turn into something because that's not how you're raised. Um, but... The idea came to me when I was pregnant with my first child of um, uh, just having beautiful bilingual books uh, for him to introduce him, not just to a language that I know as he grows will not be as strong as mine because he will be a second generation. Um, and that was one of my, my fears. Right. Um, and I was looking for these books on Google and I couldn't find them. I mean, the books that are there or at that time, they were translations of classic books like where the wild things are if you give a mouse a cookie those are beautiful books right and they're great in spanish but they were not created with us in mind Um, they were not created with my child in mind and i wanted to create books that were created for my child 
for the little boys and girls that look like him. And I got it uh, to writing, and I went the traditional route of sending the the idea to publishers across the country. Um, at that time, not knowing that there was a possibility of going uh, and doing self publishing. Right. Um, and I got a few responses from these publishers. Um, ultimately, they all said no. The ones that did respond back to me. And I was really discouraged because I really believed in this idea. I really thought this is a home run. Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious. There's 50 million plus Latinos. Spanish is a second spoken, you know, language in the country. Uh, there's one in four children. Well, there's one in four Latino children in the school system. It makes sense. Right. Um, but they said no. And I was like, okay, well, this idea is not that great. So I left it alone. What was the like? What was the no? Like, because you're, you're obviously very astute, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of here's the numbers, here's the proof, here's the product. What was the rebuttal? I had none. And no. I think, oh, from them. Yes. Oh, from them. Uh, just uh, one of the responses was, it sounds great to reach out to the Hispanic mother, but just not right now. I mean, we were also in a recession. You know, we were right. kind of, uh, so maybe at, that could be, I'm assuming I didn't ask. Sure. That's, again, that was my personal, I should have asked now looking back just so I can have this knowledge, but I didn't. I think it was. It had to do a lot with my fear. I got. Um, they said no to me, and I clamped up, and and yeah. I, I got discouraged, um, and and I left the idea alone. I moved on with my life. Uh, just forgot about it. Didn't exist anymore. And in 2014, um, I lost my house to a fire. And everything that we ever owned um, was gone. Like, like everything. Everything. All that we had left was literally the shirts that we had on that morning. Wow. Only one pair of underwear for each. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's recent. Like in the grand scheme of things, that's yeah, yeah, super it's just, recent. Yeah, it was awful. You know, here I'm, I was sitting there just like, this is everything I ever worked for. You know, all these materialistic things that yeah. you think are important to you or in for you. And you start realizing that they're not. Because you can eat, like, they don't mean anything. Nobody was home. Gone like that. Gone like that. Luckily, I mean, thank God nobody was home. But it just made me question who I was and who I wanted to be as a human in this world. And, And I was asking myself, what am I giving back to my community? How am I putting our name in the same pot as these great names? Right. You know, like, how am I contributing? Um... And I wasn't getting an answer back. Yeah. That's a, lo- that's a lonely feeling. Like, yeah. you know, you have nothing and you're hearing nothing, you're receiving nothing. Yeah. You know. And I got really depressed. Just, yeah. I went, just, I didn't go to work for like a whole week. And I just started thinking about that little idea. And it came back to me like a little fire in my heart. Hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I said, I have to do this. I have to do this for my son, Alexander. Like, how can I teach my son to go after his dreams if his mother isn't? Yeah. You know? And I got back at it. I started now reaching out to independent publishers and also looking into self-publishing. Um, and uh, I got on the phone with one publisher, and he tells me, girl, you're wasting your time. Latinos don't read to their kids. And that's... What I and I thought to myself, like that's how they think of us. Yeah, you know, 
um, we're contributing trillions of dollars every year. We're doing this, we're doing that. Yet they still see us as like just not takers. Yeah, exactly. And that just, no pun intended, gave me the fire that I needed. (laughs) You can attend the pun from now on, just just intended. The fire that I needed to um, start this with no experience. So I called my my best friend, Ariana, who had just had a baby. And she, as a Latina mother, was thinking the same things as well. How can, as a mother, create the space that my child will be proud of his of who he is, where he comes from, his family, his traditions, his culture. And we both sat down and we're like, how are we going to do this? And we're like, we have no idea, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And with the little money that we had in our bank accounts, we put it together and we gave birth to little libros. That's great. And so now it's (laughs) now it's like everywhere though. Yes. (laughs) I watched some video you guys were being interviewed and it was like boxes upon boxes like stacked up and they were being shipped off to Scholastic and Barnes and Noble and and Target. Target. Yes. That's pretty crazy. Um, This is something we did not expect. Uh, When our first conversation we had, we really were thinking about a ten year plan. Maybe maybe in five or ten years we'll be in a few stores, uh, and maybe in five or ten years we'll have our own office. (laughs) <laughs> like, nope, we're going to accelerate that. You know, and but um, in six months, uh, Target came to us, believed in us. They were one of the first ones to see this and, and understand that it's very much needed in our communities. And they took us on, and from there, it just exploded. Shout out to Target. Yes. Um, <laughs> can you get them to sponsor the show? No. <laughs> so you see where we're set? No, just kidding. Um, no, that's uh, that's great. It, uh, how did you handle the unexpected success in this instance, right? You know, especially because I think jewelry is one thing. Like you can make some unique pieces and one of a kind and so on and so forth. But like mass production of books. And then, you know, I think when I first saw you and learned about Little Libros was at the L.A. Book Fair. Okay. Uh, you were on a panel with uh, Rashid Wallace, was it? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't know why I did the basketball thing. Nobody <laughs> can see me do that. Basketball! Um, and, uh, you know, but how do you handle, like, this is now production, and I need to be places, and I have a job, mm-hmm. and I have kids, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, the side hustle starts to grow into, like, a little bit of a bigger side hustle. How did you, you know, how did you handle that that kind of wave of, of success? Um, Ariana quit her day job. Oh, so she's doing all the work. She's doing it all. No, I'm just kidding. No, she's not. You know I, see. What? I see what you did. You know what? She, she could possibly, maybe. She may be doing it too. Um, so she quit her day job and I have not. I'm still, you know, I still have my job. Um, but I think one of the, the, the big, it's not just us two. There's a whole team and I think it's our families. Mm. If we didn't have the support of our families, I don't think we could like really be here. Uh, we're talking about, you know, grandmothers, aunts, brothers, husbands, you know, you have to be like, okay, I'm, I have to go to this, you know, I have to go to Miami. I have to go to New York right? for the weekend. Can you watch the kids? Or like, you know, I call my mom and like, you know, I have this last minute meeting. Can you pick up Alexander from school? And like, they all understand the importance of this project that it's bigger than us. That it's you know that it's changing the way our community is being perceived. Yeah, and they they want to support us. So it's not really Ariana and I; it's a whole army 
of these people what do you, what do you that think, love us. What do you think this means for that circle of people you just mentioned? Because I think one thing that, yes, uh, oh, cool, a product for me, right? Especially if somebody doesn't live in L.A. or they didn't grow up in, in Linwood with you. But there's that immediate circle where it's like that. It, it your success in that in that regard meant something to them. What do you think that was? I think the 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 idea of the American dream uh, that it's that it that it's that it can happen. That it's not just an idea. That you can actually touch the American dream. That your parents came to this country with nothing but the shirt on their backs, and they they put their lives in danger by crossing that border. Um, the chances of you surviving that are very minimal. I will never in a billion years do that. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine my mom going through that at age 16. Right. Without her mother, without her father, without anybody. You know, but a, probably a handful of strangers with her. And she survived it. So coming here, and, I, and, and, and then you as a first-generation Latino, seeing, being able to give back... And being able to tell your mother and your father, mom, every sacrifice that you went through, every tear, every blood you shed, because I'm sure there was many, you know, little by little, it's, you know, I'm paying it, yeah. I'm paying it back. That's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish we had a studio audience. I think, <laughs> I think people would have started applauding. You want to you wanna clap? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, switching gears a little bit, you know, there's a there's a rule of thumb um, that some people abide by, which is don't go into business with your friends or don't go into business with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, again, just me and my research team mm-hmm. have one um, <laughs> saw that you know you and Ariana have also tried other businesses. You've tried your hand at other things. <laughs> what is it like, like? you know, trying and this trial and error process and working with, you said it's your best friend. Yes. yes. So, you know, how do you guys separate the friendship from the business or is it all just one thing? And how do you guys handle, you know, what's the dynamic between the two of you? I think we respect each other very much. We know our deepest secrets. Um, so that's actually Ooh, a tell, plus. Tell us, one. <laughs> tell us one of hers. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, but I think it's, it all comes down to respect. I respect her as a woman, as a businesswoman, as a, I, um, I, I, there's uh, amazing things about her that in qualities and, you know, she comes from a business world where I don't. So I understand that. So when, you know, she, um, she, she has an input, then I'm, you know, I have to know that, well, that's not what I'm very familiar with. Right. So I have, you know, I respect her decision. And I trust her decision. And I think it goes both ways where, okay, we understand our strengths and uh, we respect each other enough to know that we're going to disagree many times, but we're also going to agree just as many times. And we're working toward the same goal, you know, and and we have the same goal. Um, And we, you know, we we also, you know, we come from same background. So, you know, we're, it's, it's family. Yeah. Um, And... And I wouldn't do it with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, well stated. What would she say about you? I hope the same thing. Yeah. She, I, I, I didn't, that, that sounded doubtful, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean it in a doubtful way. No, I think, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, I probably get under her skin a lot more than I should. <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, I, I love her and, and it's exciting to be able to share all these things with someone you truly love. Yeah. I mean, it's great to get, you know, to go to work toward a goal, but I think it's even better when you do it with people you love and you share these things. You know, you're able to call her. Yeah. 
you know, and, and go to these things and, and, and work towards something together. When you, That's a very beautiful thing. What's downtime like between the two of you? Is it like, what you know, because you got to turn off work at some point and like go bowling or, you know, just do something that's like. We go to Disneyland. We are friends. When we go here, we are just friends. There's no like, we're not talking about We go about to this. Disneyland uh, with our kids, the zoo, uh, you know, just family things. Yeah. That's, you know, we're mothers now. So it's really hard to. To uh, do the the single thing, <laughs> <laughs> like we don't go to the clubs together. Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> that was that was. We uh, had that. We had that. You guys have been friends since you were twelve, so like you you've seen we each went, other. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. So uh, you mentioned getting under her skin. Um. You also uh, worked with Mac recently. Um. If if we can talk about that. Yeah. Um. Selena's. Uh. Tell us about that a little bit about that project. It's a. I think it's an amazingly brilliant story. And I think there's a thread with you here. It's just like, fuck it. I'm gonna try to do it and see what happens. <laughs> like that's kind of like the. If that that should be the title of your book. Uh, <laughs> let's just try it and see what happens. Um. But tell like just walk us through that story uh, a little bit. Uh. So I'm. Well, I didn't work with Mac, but I did encourage Mac Cosmetics to create a collection inspired by one of our Latina icons. Oh, actually, I would say American icons, not just in the Latino community, but I'll say, you know, just everybody um, to create this collection. And it um, they agreed to do it. But I don't think it was just me. It was a you know, it was a it was definitely a huge uh, a voice uh, from the whole community and all her fans um, that helped make this happen. But this started, uh, I think, in 2013, right after they launched a collection uh, in, to celebrate Marilyn Monroe. And I'm thinking, well, if they can create something for her, why not create something for this other American icon, Selena? You know, Latinas are three times more likely to purchase beauty products than any other group. Um, we're, we're one of their biggest consumers. Um, and I never, I felt that the beauty industry had not yet really celebrated us. Um, and I think it's, you know, it, it was long overdue. So I'm thinking, uh, maybe I should email the CEO of the company and just mention it to him. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, something I was just thinking about. I'm like, by the way, no, I found the, his email address online <laughs> and I, uh, see, it is easy to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Google. Exactly. Google's your friend. Uh, and I emailed him and I told him like, Hey, you know, there's thousands of YouTube videos online of, you know, these girls trying to recreate the Selena Quintanilla look and we're your biggest consumer or one of them. Why not, you know, celebrate who we are and create a collection inspired um, by, inspired by this American icon, Selena. And I did not think they were going to respond back to me, but his office did respond. And we just went back and forth with emails, but nothing came of it. So that was that. I thought I had done my job already. Right. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm, whatever. I moved on. Um, but then I thought about, um, then I'm like, you know what? I should create a hashtag and the hashtag is going to go viral. So I created a hashtag, Selena Quintanilla for Mac. It did not go viral. <laughs> Failure number two. <laughs> yeah. like, all right. So I left it alone for a few more months and I moved on with my life. And then the night before my son's, uh, birthday, I see this picture circulating of this 
um, MAC um, uh, lipstick with the Selena signature, her trademark signature. And I'm thinking, wow, it's already happening. This is great. This is amazing. I did it. I'm like, no, I didn't say I did it. I'm like, <laughs> no, oh, no, awesome. Sorry. So I Googled it and I saw nothing coming up. And I'm like, so what is this? So I did a, like a little bit more research. It turns out it was a superimposed image created by a uh, makeup artist by the name of Jose Figueroa with the same idea in mind. Like, hello, Mac. When are right. you going to make this happen? Uh, so I remembered contacting Mac. So I sent them that picture. And I told him, I'm not the only one that thinks this is great. Look at this photo. It's awesome. And I don't know what compelled me, but I said, you know what? I don't think they're going to do anything with this. I'm going to just create a petition, see what happens. So the night before my son's birthday, I create the petition. I leave it alone. I go to my party with my kid. I come back and there's like 5,000 signatures. And I'm getting like these you know, people, you know, wanting to do interviews and ask me why I did this. And I really got freaked out. I was like, I did not expect this at all. This is not what I expected. And it just exploded from there. Wow. It went from 5,000 to 10,000 to 20,000 to Mac getting on the phone with me. And they're like, well, how do we make this happen? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I already did my part. (laughs) No, but I ended up connecting them with the family. I connected them wow, with the family. Okay. Um, and I and then I found out just like just when everyone did on Instagram that you know the collection was happening. And that made me really happy. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> well, then, because uh, because it, it, it didn't it turn out to be like one of their biggest moments as a as a brand. Um, to my understanding, it was their biggest launch. Uh, they, I mean, they had this huge um, premiere in uh, in Corpus Christi, Selena's uh, city, um, and it sold out in seconds online. And I mean, there was literally a line probably three miles long to That's get to crazy. the to buy the products. Do you have some? I do. Did you bring me any? I don't. Okay. I did not. Sorry. Right. I did well, not know you time. were into that. <laughs> On Thursday nights. <laughs> um, so I think there's a difference between you and, and most people. Um, you, I think everybody has the same thoughts you have. Not everybody has the same actions you have. Like we all have like that thing like, oh, what if they did? I tweeted at Netflix the other day and I said – why don't you guys have like the DVD extras available on Netflix? Like, you know, the, the deleted scenes, the director's cut, like that. And I let that was where I left it. Um, and I doubt if I will ever continue that dialogue with them. <laughs> um, what is that? You know, and this is you've repeated this a couple of times, right? Where it's just like ah, that you've got an itch and you scratch the crap out of it. Yeah. Um, why is that? I don't know. I ask myself that question many times. Yeah. I don't know other than that I feel this this passion inside of me. I literally feel it. Like I can I can touch it. It's I can I I can't explain it, but I feel it in my heart that I just have to move forward and see what happens. And I do it with a lot of fear. Like I'm not immune to it. I'm the first one to be scared to death about everything. Yeah. Um but I like to look at fear in the face and say, what you got? I like yeah. how you were staring at me as you said that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fear. <laughs> I'm fear personified. Um, here's a quote from you. I think there's so much strength that can be drawn from a bad day. That was in a Forbes article. Um, what does that mean? I love bad days. 
Oh, I just love them. <laughs> because that's, those are the days when I can prove myself how strong I am as a person, as a human, as a woman. Because I will survive that bad day one way or another. And I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and say, uh-huh, <laughs> I proved you wrong. That's and I love doing that to myself because I'm my worst enemy. Yeah. So the, so a bad day for me, I literally, I, I, I take it. I feel the pain. I feel the struggle. I feel the fear, the anxiety. I feel it. I take it in. I sit there and I literally just turn that into yeah. a different type of energy to prove to myself that I was wrong. You know what's interesting? Um, and this is by, like, my show is very much not a political show. Mm -hmm. But with all the angst around President Trump, mm -hmm. I, I just said that. Um, <laughs> and today is the inauguration day. Right. And obviously everybody's so angry. And, like, I just felt pumped up. Like, I just felt pumped. Like Kind of like what you're saying is, like, I'm ready to attack. Like I'm ready to solve it through whatever skills I have, yes. right? And ready uh -huh. to be a, a bridge. And it's, it, I almost look at it as an opportunity, right? And I it would is. imagine you look at that bad day as like, okay, I just overcame something. Now, like, like kind of like you said, now what else you got? Um, you know, what do you do with that? What do you do with that energy? Because I'm like, I'm still like, what am I going? <laughs> I just feel pumped up, but I haven't like converted it into anything yet. I think what are you doing? Right, you know, in the space that you're contributing, you're you're a contributor. You're creating something. You're not, you know, you're 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 creating dialogue. You're moving forward, and I think that's what we need to be doing. We don't have to know exactly how to get there. Right. We just have to turn the wheels, and as we turn those wheels, we'll, we're gonna find our path. You know, we we don't have to know. You know, I I don't know mo half the time. Yeah. But what I do know is that I want to not die. What does that mean? And I just want to live forever. And the only way you could do that is by leaving a legacy. I love it. Um, and you've so so far, you're on a pretty damn good path. <laughs> um, the show's called Innovation Crush, right? Um, what have you seen out in the world personally, whether it's in your day-to-day -day stuff or, you know, or just virtual reality? I don't know what it is. What's the, the one thing that you are currently crushing on that you feel like... That, that gives you goosebumps out in the world right now. Oh my gosh! You know, I literally uh, shed tears when I saw the uh, Amazon um, grocery store. I don't know if you saw that video that you just uh, you walk in, you don't, um, and you just get your stuff and you just walk out. Yeah, it was to me pretty crazy. It is. It's a pretty crazy video. Like that I video see, is yeah. amazing. And I first, the first thing I thought was my children. You know, my son's six. My my youngest one's one. He's not going. He's going to live in a world very different than ours, completely different. Yeah. And that scares me a little bit, but also gets me excited. Um, and what else? Just, you know, just how fast everything, you know, it's, it's, everything's changing so quickly. I get really excited when I get my, my diapers in the mail because I don't have to go to the store. <laughs> Not your diapers, your kids' diapers. <laughs> my son's diapers, yeah. I was wondering what the squishy noise was, but... <laughs> It was me. You know, just those little things that make life so easy. Right. And that, you know, those things that we must capitalize on. Okay, now I have 30 minutes in my life that I didn't have before yeah. to do the things that I love. Now we, I think, you know, we're, these little things that are helping us are giving us more time to do the things that we love. So instead of seeing it as a, 
us, you know, oh, time is changing and oh, the good old days and yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it doesn't cost much to go down the street and pick up your gallon of milk. Um, no, instead of thinking that way, think of like, now I have 10 more minutes to create. To check Facebook. <laughs> no, not to check Facebook. <laughs> or to check Facebook to get inspired to, to create. <laughs> um quick question well quick question we've been talking for an, almost an hour what uh how does your you know i'll call it your day job your your role as a producer mm-hmm. how does that translate it, uh, you know what skills do you take from that and put it into your entrepreneurial journey because that's like wrangling you know r- was it wrangling cats as, as they say um kind of putting all these different pieces of elements together and that you have a little bit more structure you kind of know what you're doing on a day-to-day basis what you're also talking about on, like outside of that is you know kind of like blind faith in a lot of ways um where do those two collide like where do you bring that sort of production hat into you know your entrepreneurial journey gosh you know that's a very uh i think hard question to answer because um you know, I've always said that waking up in the morning to go uh, work at the radio station and for my show, it's a blessing. It doesn't even feel like a job. I don't feel like I've, that I work. I don't know if that even makes sense because yeah. everything that, you know, from uh, creating content to looking for content to to looking for stories and putting together, you know, great people to interview that can, you know, that can inspire people. Like all that stuff gives me like just this just love to yeah. to do it you know and um and then i you know uh i started focusing more in my community bringing those voices from my community to the show and um with that i was able to love and appreciate who we were even more because i started looking for these stories yeah that you know that you know usually you don't find in uh, in um in mainstream media and to be able to bring them to this huge platform that our show is and, and introduce them and, and celebrate it and allow other people to to hear it and get inspired by it. You know, all of that, all that love, all that, you know, all that, just that passion that I get. I literally feel it in my bones. And I take it all back to, you know, all these, these you know, uh, I won't call it small projects anymore. But these, you know, things that, you know, that are growing. Yeah. And they're, I just... The love like is the same. Of, well, it's like a lot of cross-pollination, right? I, you know, so I happen to run an innovations program for mm-hmm. like a pretty large, you know, mm-hmm. media and advertising agency. And all the, all, you know, this is very different discipline, but it's still my perspective on the world, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I love like combing through culture and finding like these things like, oh, this could go here. Yes. This, this could go there. And also I think... Me being, you know, a, a black man in America, I, you know, I don't, you know, verbally say I'm celebrating my community, right? But I feel like what I do on a day to day basis sets a really good tone when somebody sees me, and I've heard, I've gotten feedback about, you know, from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. which is always like super positive, and I yes. love it. Um, and I think kind of like what you were going back to earlier is hearing that voice within you and following it and like just being who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it just sets the tone for everybody else. And people get invited into both of your worlds and they're like, Oh, there's pop culture, you know, mm-hmm. on one side. And then there's this really strong Latin influence uh, on the other side. And like those things combine in the person that you are. Yeah. There, there's really, uh, I don't, I, you know, me as a Spanish speaker, English speaker and this, uh, uh, bicultural person, um, I don't see it as two worlds. 
However, the rest of the world sees us as, you know, that we have these two separate worlds, but in reality, it's just one. We don't know anything else. Um, and um, I just want to celebrate that. Yeah. And help our children understand that, that you can be very proud of who you are. And you're still American. You well, know, there's I'm, no like, there's no need. Yeah. To separate them. That's very true. Mm-hmm. No, it's like I asked one guest previously about work-life balance, and he was like, mm-hmm. "There's no such thing." He's like, "My family is there when I'm working, <laughs> and my work is there when I'm with my family, and like it, like I invite one into the other, and it is my, it is balance." Yeah, that's how you balance it. You know, yeah. everyone balance uh, things differently, um, but uh, it's just what works for you. Last but not least, mm-hmm. you ready? Yes. Take a deep breath. This is a good conversation so far. Um, I'm having a great time. Thank you. Uh, me too. Complete this phrase for me. Okay. Innovation to me is? Creating. In what way? In what sense? You create something, you put it out in the world, then someone else looks at it and makes it better. And they create that better. And then that person puts that on the world and someone else looks at it and they create that better they create it that better right that's innovation to very me. meta and compo- compounded <laughs> meta that'll be the name of this, the title of this episode um well where can people find out more about you and your projects where do you want to you know um, yeah you can follow me on instagram uh at patty rodriguez with a z um and, and you, a y uh p-a-t-t-y <laughs> yes I forget people uh, sometimes uh, spell it with an I. People people spell names really weird. Like and you're like, why? Well, how would you, why would you even spell it like that? It's a Starbucks culture. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Starbucks is like I don't care what you do. So P A T T Y R O D R I G U E Z, and you can find our books at littlelibros.com. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for stopping by. This is fun. Uh, thank you for your time. Everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you.